This time on Guided. But as long as I'm focused internally, it doesn't matter what happens to me out there. It doesn't matter the industry. I don't only have to walk around with conscious, spiritual, aware people that are identical to how I think. I can actually go out there where everybody doesn't think the way I am. And I can share my message now with a wider audience because it doesn't matter. I'm internally guided and I know I can walk through the fire. Imagine what opens up for you when your world is no longer so small, but becomes this open platform, this never-ending platform of seven plus billion people in the world, that it doesn't actually matter whether they like you or not. You know you have a right to exist, to speak, and be heard. What would your life look like if you were no longer trapped in your limited world, in your limited environment? That is what opens up when you go from external validation to going within and walking through the fire, knowing that you are always whole, perfect, safe, and complete. So just that. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Guided, a podcast all about following your intuition, no matter where it guides you. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Zach Luz. This is Guided, a show that's all about following our intuition, no matter where it guides us. And on today's episode, we're going to be doing part two of Dead for 90 Minutes with medical miracle Sherry Almey. In case you missed part one, um, Sherry went through a near-death experience that was very, I mean, extremely unlikely for her to make it through. Um, If we look at it from a medical perspective, um, doctors said she had a 0.00001% chance of survival. But... um, here she is. And in the first episode, we basically focused on, you know, what was that experience like emotionally for her to go through that? Um, and you know, what's it like to know that you're dying? What's it like to, what kinds of emotions come up when you can feel that there's something wrong and and nobody else is willing to acknowledge it? Um, just all the emotional side of it, as well as we took a glimpse of what was on the other side in that death experience. In this episode, we're going to move forward a little bit, and we're going to focus more on now that Sherry has gone through this, what changes has she made in her life? How have her perspectives shifted, her priorities rearranged, and how does she live her life after going through this experience? We'll also be revealing what she experienced when she went beyond the dimensions of time and space, and she started experiencing simultaneous lives and she shares how a lot of our limitations and most frustrating experiences come from those patterns. Uh, we'll be talking more about the structure of life and how, why advice and generalizations don't really work. Um, we'll be talking about Sherry's single deepest regret 
that she felt and realized and clarified when she was on the other side. And then we'll also discuss uh, a metaphor that shares the entire structure of existence. And spoiler alert, it's just like going to the movies. So today is going to be uh, an awesome episode as well. And um, sit back, relax, and enjoy. So then I, I remember listening to one of your other interviews. In it, you were speaking about how you kind of stepped back and you not only did a life review of your current life, but all of the lives that you've existed as. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm curious if you want to talk more about that or uh, the uh, example I remember specifically was somehow your incarnation as a whale led <laughs> to the feeling that you had when it came to like financial blocks in your life. Yeah. So, yeah. So where that came into play. So yeah, you're correct. Um, so I didn't just have a life review of, of this lifetime that I just left. It was all of my lifetimes. Like, so all the lifetimes my soul had ever experienced. Um, and it was very weird. Some were happening one after the other. Some were happening at the same time as one another. Uh, some were happening very, very quickly. Some were very slow. Um, what I noticed throughout the theme of all of them is that there was always an area in my body that held uh, the pain of that lifetime. And for me, it was actually in my stomach. Um, <laughs> I, I'm laughing right now because it's also the area where I still have pain from the bionic heart that used to be implanted in me before my heart transplant. So it's interesting that I still walk around with this, this, the physical aspect of that pain every day, almost as a reminder. <gasps> oh my gosh. Almost of a reminder of like, this is connected to all your lifetimes. Um, and what I learned in that, in focusing in on that pain was that there was something happening to me in every single lifetime that was uh, allowing me to give my power away to others constantly. And how it showed up in different lifetimes was drastically different, right? And so maybe if it was one lifetime where I was a whale, it showed up because I was caught and I was caught right through my stomach um, and had to experience that excruciating pain of, uh, of somebody taking my power away. But for whatever reason, that lifetime, you know, I was a whale. But it didn't matter whether I was playing a role in a lifetime role in Japan, India. I mean, I experienced it all. Like, I had lifetimes from all over the world. And um, that part is hard to share because it's very personal. It's very emotional. Um, that's probably the part of my near-death experience that it, it's just hard. I think I've shared parts of it maybe one or twice, two times. But it's something I've learned to just kind of keep to myself because it's still so raw. <laughs> um, it's so real to me, you know. Um, but I learned a lot, and I learned that there was this theme that was connecting everything together. And so when I finally decided 
um, at the end of my life review, I said to uh, my spiritual guides that were with me, I said, I changed my mind. I understand now what happened to me. I understand how I got sick and I understand why I died. And rather than clear this lesson in another lifetime, I want to go back to the people I just came from and learn to clear everything with those same people because now I know how to live my life. And so I chose to come back. Uh, I had to wait a while because the doctors were still working on my physical body while I was crossing over. Um, but eventually I was able to have a body to come back to. Um, and there was at that point that I said to myself, I will come back on one condition. And that is that I will never give my power away like that again. And I will never shut down my heart to love. And, um, Yep. After I made that declaration, I began a huge whirlwind journey of coming back into uh, into Earth. <laughs> yeah. So when when you were on the other side of the veil, you were beyond time and space. So you were seeing and re-experiencing all those other lifetime roles, uh, like simultaneously or one after the other, mm-hmm. but to come back because you're like well unless i deal with this now i'm just gonna the pattern's just gonna repeat itself and i'm gonna have to deal with this pattern next time yeah exactly yeah Yeah. and so you know it's why i even built the brand that i built i mean although i achieved a lot in my life prior to this near-death experience i was very quiet i was very quiet i was very shy you know, yeah, I part. You know, I could party. You know, and have fun with like friends, but I, I was like the follower. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I was always waiting for somebody else to like give me instructions to life. You know, which is like why I was living my life backwards, right? <laughs> Instead of listening to myself and leading myself, letting my soul lead me, I was letting everything else lead me. And, um, you know, ultimately living a very unfulfilled life, even though I had accomplishments, I wasn't fulfilled inside my heart. I wasn't fulfilled inside my soul. So coming back and building this brand that has ultimately taken me all over the world and speaking in front of people that used to terrify me, that came from that commitment that I made to myself before I came back from the afterlife. Yeah. Because you could very clearly see like, this is the continuing pattern and it, it stops now. Yeah. And come into physical form so that you could actually do that. Yes, absolutely. Hands down. That's my biggest driver. I, I, I don't want to, that feeling of regret that I described when I was talking about the blueberries, like that feeling of just of regret like I said, it makes me feel sick to my stomach. I don't need motivation anymore. You know, I, I don't, that enough. Me wanting to avoid that feeling is enough for me to go out and live my life and do it afraid. Yeah, so I want to, this idea of the blueberries, 
just keeps coming up. And it's like what I've noticed and the work that I do with clients is, I mean, we address this kind of thing. For some reason, I just remember this about our session, well, one of our sessions a long time ago. You were, you were saying, what you just did, that is, that's not NLP. Whatever that was, that was way beyond. And <laughs> I couldn't communicate it at the time, but that's kind of what we're doing is finding those patterns and then changing them mm-hmm. so that across the multiple lifetimes and multiple timelines that that part of your soul is forever different. And then you integrate that lesson. So then you don't need to go back and repeat the same experience. It's mm-hmm. like you get it right away. Yeah. So, so with blueberry life, one of the best metaphors I ever heard on this that might help with um, as you're kind of like going through your day-to-day experience, just like looking around and being like, what, what is everyone doing? Because it feels like what we're doing is instead of following our own intuition, we just kind of are looking around at everybody else and we're trying to kind of like look, copy off other people's paper going, okay, well, what worked for you? Oh, okay, blueberries worked for you? Okay. And we make a generalization about life and we go, blueberries. We do that, we're going to be fine. And it's not just about blueberries, but it's about how to live our, how to live our life, you know, what jobs we should have, uh, what path we should take, who we get into relationship with, you know, what we allocate our time to, like all this stuff. We're all just kind of like trying to collect as much external information as possible and then generalize those into principles and then say, okay, this is the way to a successful life. But as you found out, that doesn't work. It's like we're trying, Alan Watts, he says, you know, uh, the only reason that we're having such a problem is because we live in a squiggly universe and we're trying to put all the squiggles into little boxes. <laughs> like, we live in a squiggly world. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, it's so true. And, you know, this goes back to why I had such a hard time um, trying to share my message to a personal development community um, because people wanted the steps. They wanted the boxes to check and that I can't do that. Right. If it's not, I mean, I, I live so strongly according to like my values and a certain level of integrity that I do my absolute utmost best to adhere to and it doesn't allow me to teach you something if I know in the back of my mind it's not as simple as that so tell me if this metaphor is helpful because it might work for people imagine going into a movie theater you know they've got uh, like a big movie theater where they've got like well, this is probably a while ago, but they had like 20 different movies going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. So what you can do is you're in the hallway mm-hmm. and you're walking back and forth and then you go, okay, let's go into this movie. So you mm-hmm. walk into that theater and then let's say that's a war movie. And then you see all the things that are going on thematically there. You kind of learn a bunch about life and then you step out and you go into the hallway and then you walk down the hall and then you go into the other movie theater and you know it's like a rom-com or something and then you're gleaning all the lessons from that lifetime so then you watch that movie you glean all the lessons and then you come back into the hallway through those 
two movies that you watched, you basically glean a ton of information about life and how it works and you start gaining and accumulating this wisdom in your perspective. But those movies, aka lifetimes, are going on simultaneously. You know, the movies are pl- being pl- played in both theater um, at the same time. Um, so then what it sounds like to me, what you did was when you went on the other side, you popped into the hallway and then you, all the memories came back. Cause you know, when we go watch a movie, you kind of get caught up in it and you go, this is all there is. And what's going to happen to the characters? And you get emotionally involved. Then you come out into the hallway, you're there and you're like, Oh, that was a cool movie. And all the adrenaline stress and burden that you felt it's gone. Mm-hmm. So then what happens is, where we get into trouble is because this is my theory. I want to hear what your, your thought, your experience was, is that what we do is we get halfway through our movie and then we go, well, what do we do at this point? What should, what should the character do? And then we like text somebody else in the other theater <laughs> and we say, okay, my character needs to make a major decision. You know, should they stay or should they go? And they're watching the rom-com and they say, oh, you should stay. You should definitely stay. And, and you're using it in the war movie and then they stay and it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. We're trying so hard to reach outside of ourselves to get the, those answers because the allure of structure. It's like, yeah. this is why what you communicate is, it's so much more than just like a Hallmark greeting card. The reason why it matters is, and why everyone's listening to you, I think, is because it has all of this um, presence behind it, all of this weight, all of this wisdom, all of this firsthand experience behind it. Mm. And it's different when someone's just saying that because they read some review versus they actually went through the whole movie and then they're tidying up all the wisdom into one little phrase. Does that metaphor resonate with what you experienced on the other side? Yeah, that's a perfect metaphor. And as you were describing that, I was remembering more of our session. And that's one of the things that really stood out for me on what you're able to do is you really are able to communicate a lot through the the visual metaphors that you take your clients through um, to reenact scenarios so that people experience, um, what's that word? Oh, immersion. <laughs> That's like such a a popular term used these days. But I feel like you're able to recreate scenarios for people to work through and to actually learn and understand where their blocks are themselves as opposed to you telling us. Yeah, exactly. At, Right. And that's what I remember standing out about you and why I couldn't even find words at the time for what you were able to do with me. And yeah, I think that's absolutely what happens. And it's a it's a perfect analogy. And I think that it's very difficult. Okay, if you look at the state of the world now. Um, what's big now? Now is really like digital everything, right? This whole digital transformation movement. I think we all feel like because we've been in on social media, 
excuse me, for at least like a decade now, um, I think we all feel like, oh, we've been in this for a while. No, this is actually just the beginning. <laughs> this is like the warm up. And I can tell you just from being in tech for so, so many years now that we're just getting warmed up to the di digital realm. So if you're exhausted by it now, if you feel like things feel a little not real or fake or whatever, like this is just the beginning. <laughs> so um, like the past 10 years was the warm up to the digital revolution. Um, and I want to put some things in context. So when we talk about um, picking up knowledge from others, and this is kind of where my work overlaps with technology at the same time. So the way social media is structured, right? And you have a business, so you know how this is structured. Like you are taught from the experts, quote unquote, that if you want to be seen and heard and valued and to build a business, which is your livelihood, so you can support yourself and your family, there are certain things you need to check off on the box in order to build a legitimate online business. And so part of that, especially let's just say using, again, personal development field or alternative medicine, holistic, whatever it is, we've all been taken down this journey where so many of us, you know, we've, we've started researching and building our repertoire of things to, to eat and do to, to optimize different aspects of our life, including the blueberries. And now to get that message out in the world, we've been taught more and more that you're also competing for attention. And as each year goes by, you're noticing social media is getting noisier and noisier and noisier and noisier. So now whatever authentic, genuine, real, valuable, personal experience or knowledge you have gained in your movies that you've been playing out in the movie theaters, you're having to put that in that structured format like you were talking about so that people can instantly scroll through. And in a second, what are you trying to do? You're trying to tell them what to do. And mm -hmm. over, over the years, it's gotten faster and faster and faster. You no longer can just come on and give. Like I'm going into complete free-flowing detail with you on this interview, which may be very different from your other episodes. Um, and it may be very new for your audience, but it's the way I have to communicate. If I want to have a lasting impression on your life. And if that means for me, um, and I don't mean to say this for your particular podcast, but in all honesty, in the grand scheme of life, it's more important for me that a few members of your community actually embody and truly absorb what it is we are sharing today and change their lives forever for the better and go out and do incredible things with their lives than for me to deliver a watered-down, bite-sized, soundbite message that gets heard by more people. Does that make sense? Right? Yeah. And, and so that clashes 
with how even just social media is structured now, right? Because it's about who can get the attention the fastest and the quickest, who can stop that person from scrolling and instantly deliver what they are hopefully seeking. You can deliver in a span of a split second so that they know that you who are outside of their soul can solve their problem. I cannot just share with you what I just shared and then run a business like that. That would make no sense. That would be completely out of integrity for me, right? Yeah. So to ask people to be willing and open to start a process of learning to trust themselves as opposed to a quick Band-Aid fix to alleviate the itch of anxiety or depression or whatever it is that's so uncomfortable for them right now that they would rather reach for the quick fix to cover it up, to relieve that sensation for a, for a, a week or a day or a moment, right? But to ask you to stay with me long enough or you to relieve this and break this pattern once and for all, that requires courage, bravery, vulnerability, and a lot of guts in the type of world that we've been taught to live in. And I think that's why your work is so powerful is because I know for me that one of the greatest things that happened with our sessions is it happened very quickly. I remember distinctly one of the things in working with you was that I came in trying to figure out why I couldn't get that book written. I was in a mastermind where everybody had to get their book finished, right? It was like 30 days and write your book. I couldn't do it. <laughs> you remember? I was like, I don't know. I just feel like my story is bigger than this. And like, I was struggling. Yeah. And I, I, I originally came to you thinking that you were going to fix my brain so I could get that book that would have done my story and my message no justice. And when I came out of the sessions with you, I realized what I was feeling had nothing to do with getting that book done. It had to do with me trusting my intuition, my gut, and that inner guidance that knew that I was right where I needed to be and that I could trust that every step of the way I would be guided towards what would feel right for me at the time. And although we haven't spoken in a while, you know, we've always kind of kept it, you know, up with each other on social media and stuff. I've never forgotten that session because it was probably the very beginning of me getting back into the business realm and even more than that getting back in the online realm, which is a whole other ball game. And it's a whole other distraction that you now have to confront in order to stay true to your soul. And that's all I've been doing for the past five years since we really last had a deep conversation is I've just been continually tuning in to my own inner voice, inner message, and catching myself when I get caught spending too much time listening to the outer world. And you'll know when you're doing that when you start to feel 
bad. You start to feel like you're doing things that don't feel right. Or you start compromising on your values. Or your health starts to deteriorate, you know, and and that can happen very slowly. So it's tricky. So it's like, even if you're getting results, the, uh, the side effects of that, not, not, not so worth it. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's where, that's where the work has to be deep. It cannot be surface work because if it's surface work, you won't catch when you're out of alignment. You won't catch when you're out of your own integrity until it's too late. And then you're having to dig yourself out of a hole, you know, and that's, that's what happens because it's very easy to be like, no, but things are going well because the money's coming in. People are loving me, right? This is happening. That's happening. Look at all these external things happening to me. But what we don't realize is all of a sudden one day things come crashing down and we say, how the heck did that happen? Because we missed all those signs along the way when you were doing things or saying yes to things that you didn't want to do, or you were compromising your integrity. Well, what if I just share this one post? What if I just share, you know, these, these five quick tips to heal your entire life from cancer in five quick steps? Who's that going to harm? But see, for me, when I do that, I feel it in my gut. It doesn't feel right. And while we're all different, you have to understand what's that signal in your body, you know, or what do you need to do to start figuring out how to tune into your body so that your body gives you a signal. Maybe it's a migraine. Maybe it's all of a sudden you're throwing up. Whatever it is, sure, you absolutely get it checked out and then you go within and you say, what is my body trying to tell me? Because there's something going on that you may be just too busy to figure out that you're just actually acting in the opposite of what's true to your soul. And I think that's really, that, to me, that's a full-time job. <laughs> so, so if your practice is 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes at night, you're not understanding what this work is all about. Because for me, it's all day. It's an all-day practice. It's I get off of something like this, like an interview. How did it feel? Let me see in my body. You know, I'm jumping on another call about artificial intelligence. How did that feel? How did it feel in my body? Was there anything that I was out of alignment with? Do, does this company, are they asking me to do things that are against my value? I have to ask myself these hard questions. Otherwise, am I just another robot going out into the world doing the same old thing? So let's talk a little bit about what's possible when someone tunes into this, because I think a lot of people, I mean, I've, I've gone through the same thing that everyone's going through when it comes to like, oh, five quick tips on how to cure yourself from cancer. Click. Let's see right. what's have a million dollar business in 12 months. Yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> like, I don't think we do that intentionally. But I just, it's, it's very distracting. It's a lot more uh, appealing of an option for us to yes. click on that rather than the answer, which the, the truth, which is, well, tune into your gut and follow that no matter where it guides you. So what's possible for people when they start developing this capacity to tune in and, and be able to 
ask themselves those hard questions. And it's almost like now it's just like you, you rely on yourself completely to make all of your decisions. And that's one of the things I've always noticed and admired about you is your willingness to stand in your truth and your, your natural sense of sovereignty. So like maybe we can paint a picture of what's possible for people if they go, okay, like, all right, I'm going to let go of being addicted to five-step fixes. I want to actually start nourishing this capacity inside of myself. If they get the handle of that, what's possible for them? Mm, great question. I love that. And first of all, thank you for such an amazing attestment to how I show up. I really appreciate that. Um, and I'm honored that you see that and recognize that in me. I can assure you that is not who I was prior to my near-death experience. So what that tells you is that in just five years, I've become, I don't want to say a completely different person, but I've become the embodiment of my truth. Whereas before, I allowed my truth to be buried underneath the fear of standing out on my own. What is possible? Ugh, what isn't possible? I'm going to figure out how to answer this question without going deep again. <laughs> There's so much that is possible when you live a life like this. Number one, I don't have the emotional, if I just am to give you some practical things, I don't have the emotional highs and lows that I used to prior to my near-death experience. My moods don't fluctuate the way they did my entire life. <laughs> like, so my moods are very, very like constant. Do I still get agitated at times? Absolutely. Do I still get distracted, thrown off? Absolutely. It's not the daily like up and down because life is hitting me, right? Like life can hit me. And I'll be like, well, that sucks. And then I just like keep on going or figure out how to solve it. Like just that very even keel. And I've been hit with some intense stuff. Obviously you heard some of it, but even now, like people are like, oh, you're just thriving now. Honestly, if I had a camera on me 24 seven, you would see I'm still in a lot of physical pain from what I've been through, but that doesn't throw me off emotionally right? That doesn't ruin my day anymore. My life doesn't suck because I have like the type of pain that would keep most people in bed. Like you're not going to hear me complain like that. So I would say a really, really big part is like mood stability, <laughs> which is really so key. And I don't know, maybe we don't think about this enough, but I didn't really notice it until everything started stabilizing. I didn't realize that how often I could be thrown from maybe somebody canceled plans on me or something. And all of a sudden I would be really down, like down about myself, you know, but it was so part of my life that I didn't realize it. So until things would just happen to me and I, they just roll, literally roll off my back, it's very noticeable for me right now. And for me, what that means is I have more energy. And when you actually have more energy on a soul level, you're able to do things day after day with consistency without batting an eye. Now, what does that mean? That means showing up in life, right? Showing up for yourself, whether it's taking care of yourself or uh, taking care of your fitness, taking care of your mental health, taking care of what needs to get done in your business or your job, showing up for other people in your life, for loved ones. 
There's so many areas in life that require us to be present. And we don't realize that when, you're, when your mood is fluctuating like that, um, you know, even from the foods you eat, your mood can fluctuate. When it fluctuates, even slightly, I'm not talking about extreme, I'm not talking about like extreme mania, you know, to depressive, but even that can start to stabilize. But even your daily, something, somebody says something to you and it's like, the rest of your day is ruined. How many of us have said that? You know, oh, now my day is ruined. We don't realize like when you have that feeling you've now just taken the energy away from living your best life for the rest of the day <laughs> do you know what i mean and like yeah. that adds up right like if you think of the number of days in a year if you're getting hit like that all throughout the week every month you know of every year that's a lot of energy exerted so imagine if you just had sta- stable moods if you had more energy every day just by that one factor alone because you have turned your focus inwards as opposed to constantly looking outside of yourself and then being disappointed. So that's two you know, core things that are possibilities. The other possibilities are moving through your fears that you think are fears, but they're not, they're not fears in the way that they need to stop you, block you, or limit you from growing as fast or as slow as you want to. You have actually control over how fast you accomplish something in life, how fast you be who you are, how fast you show up as the leader that you know you are. That timeline is up to you. And that took me a really, really long time to understand that. If I no longer have to look to external forces for approval, for instructions, for knowledge. And all I'm doing is really going within or tuning into my soul, my whatever my higher power is or your faith is. If that's all I need to worry about, I'm able to walk through the fire, whether I have any external approval or not. And so many of us live our lives waiting for that one person to say yes. Zach, it is time. You are so worthy, Zach. It is time for you to run that business, right? We're like waiting for this permission from our parents, from our spouse, from our friends, from our mentor. We're always waiting for somebody else to give us permission. And I learned that when I'm not having to go externally waiting for permission, I have the power to own exactly who I am in this moment. What that means is I don't need that expert to tell me when I can go out in the world and be a global tech leader. I declare myself that now because I live every single moment of the day in tuned to my internal guidance. So as I step into global tech leadership in an industry where people may not have my similar values, they may not have my experience, my spiritual experience, they may not have my conscious way of thinking that's aligned to who I am. But as long as I'm focused internally, it doesn't matter what happens to me out there. It doesn't matter the industry. 
I don't only have to walk around with conscious, spiritual, aware people that are identical to how I think. I can actually go out there where everybody doesn't think the way I am. And I can share my message now with a wider audience because it doesn't matter. I'm internally guided and I know I can walk through the fire. Imagine what opens up for you when your world is no longer so small, but becomes this open platform, this never-ending platform of seven plus billion people in the world, that it doesn't actually matter whether they like you or not. You know you have a right to exist, to speak, and be heard. What would your life look like if you were no longer trapped in your limited world, in your limited environment? That is what opens up when you go from external validation to going within and walking through the fire, knowing that you are always whole, perfect, safe, and complete. So just that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, so, and those are just a few of the examples. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I notice in you is just, I mean, everything that you're saying, I mean, I see you not only speaking about this in our interview, but I see you living it on a daily basis. You're owning your grandness and yes. you're not apologizing for it. Um, you're not tiptoeing around. You're just here I am and you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Well, you're welcome. <laughs> and, and I want to share that it is not a destination. Like I really, if, if you come away with anything from this interview, is that it's not a destination. I haven't like made it because Sherry's all sovereign. Like it's really not that. It's a daily choice. It's a daily choice that whatever I'm confronted with, whatever hurts me, because I'm still human, I still make this choice and this commitment every day that I'm going to show up anyway. I'm, it, it, what it does is it forces you to confront the very thing that makes you, for that particular day, not want to face the world, not want to give up. And I think one of the biggest things that is the key to my resilience, besides everything I just shared today, but is really I'm not afraid to be hurt by the world anymore. If you think about it, we walk around every day in the world doing one thing, and that's really trying to protect ourselves. <laughs> like, I don't think we realize we're doing it, but we are. We're trying to protect ourselves constantly, whether it's we want to protect ourselves from getting sick whether it's we want to protect ourselves from being uh, somebody screwing us over financially. We want to protect ourselves from getting in trouble. We want to protect ourselves from, you know, gaining too much weight. We're always in protection mode. It's like we never feel safe. We never feel safe in our bodies. We never feel safe to just live. We're always protecting. We don't want to end up homeless. So we're, we're always in this like, defensive mode and even like you know again i'll come back to social media 
this is not a judgment to anybody, but this is something I've had to do internal work myself. I can post a picture of me doing yoga all I want on social media. It will look pretty. It will get tons of likes. The question I really care about is, were you able to go within and tune into yourself during that session or during your daily session? Are you constantly bringing it back to yourself or is more of your energy being focused on, okay, can I get the right angle to show this to the world to prove that I am so spiritual, I am so enlightened, this is the way, come follow me. And these are just questions I'm pouring out because they are questions I've had to ask myself. You know, it hasn't, it's not an overnight journey. It's, a, it's, it's, it's not just going within and sitting in silence every day, praying for the answers to come with you. It's about asking yourself tough questions. So any question you ask somebody else, you'd be like, why did you do that to me? Why did you hurt me like that? I want you to ask yourself that question too. I've had to ask myself, Sherry, why did you, why did I hurt myself like that? Why did I go against what I believe by choosing to hang out with that crowd, knowing their values are not aligned with mine? Why did I make the decision to run a business like that, knowing, knowing that's not what it took to get me to where I am today? The same questions we ask other people, we have to start asking ourselves that same question. That's how you build up that strength and that courage and the bravery to face anything because you have done the work. You have asked yourself the tough questions and it's everything and it's something I practice every day. And I think that's why you see it in me because I will ask myself those questions. And then a lot of times in my writing, it comes out. Like I'll admit things at whatever level of success I achieve. And people are shocked. They're like, oh my God, nobody talks about this. It's like, well, I do. Because <laughs> I haven't changed. I'm, I'm going to share with you how I'm doing everything I'm doing. It's not going to look like soundbites. So it might take you a while to find me. It might might take you a while to to actually sit down and listen to me talk for two hours because it's not a quick 20-minute message. But once you listen, you'll be like, wait a second. She actually gets what I'm going through. You know, there's more to this. And that's really important to me. And I really like for all of you listening, as we move into a, a more complex world, every year is going to, it's, we're becoming more global trade is is becoming more and more international. Where we meet our friends are becoming more and more international. This is challenging us in every area of our lives from our relationships. What do relationships mean now? Now that we have access to finding people that have our exact interests, what does that mean compared to the relationship you started originally with somebody that was just from your hometown or somebody that was just from someone you went to college with? Maybe you don't have all the same things in common, but you had enough to get together. What does that mean now that the world is so global? What does that say for relationships now? Everything is changing. And so this message, everything we've been sharing about today, it, it really isn't a Hallmark card. 
Like this is a calling for every single person to start owning their truth and start first learning what is that truth and doing the work. It's not the soundbite work. It's the tough work. But if you want to be able to move through life and thrive when chaos ensues or the economy tanks or your power goes out for two weeks, these are the things that don't throw me for a loop anymore, but they used to run my life. And it's why I have built this brand to give me a platform where I am continuously allowing myself to challenge my own limiting beliefs as to how far and wide I can share my soul. Because this is a message for everyone, all walks of life. It's not just entrepreneurs. It's not just those interested in spiritual development or personal development. It's not just for CEOs. It's, not just, it's for everyone. We're all in this together. You know, I talk a lot, even in my work with technology, I talk a lot about humanity. We are all in this together. There is no one spiritual, religious, whatever, better than the other. It just is what it is. And how are we all going to do this together? And one of my missions is to be that leader that can stand with some of the more well-known people on this planet, some people you like, some people you don't like, wouldn't you rather know that amongst everything happening in the world, that there are leaders up there who think and speak exactly the way this conversation has unfolded? I mean, I know for me, it would say so much about where we are in humanity. And so while... I've had to overcome a lot of people questioning my brand or where is she going with this or why is she not focused on this because she had this message, she had this experience, she should be talking to these specific people. There's a lot of things I've had to break through, a lot of perceptions of what my brand should be and should look like. And that's what you and your friends, your coworkers, they're going through the same thing at different levels in their own life. And the only way you're really able to do this and keep going and keep thriving in life is by going within, by facing the challenges within and making your own sovereign decisions. I conquered cancer the best way I knew I could. And whether somebody survives or not, they made that choice. And you have to at least respect that they made that choice. So you can see why my message is talked about in hospitals, you know, to caregivers. You know, people come to me that are confused. All my friends are saying I shouldn't do chemo. Do they know what it's like to be diagnosed with cancer? No. You know, this is about taking ownership of your own life and remembering my blueberry story because <laughs> it says a lot. We, we have that power and... It's time to take that back and to truly see what you can create for your life when you allow yourself to just trust in who you are and to trust your inner guidance. Well, that sounds like a pretty beautiful spot for us to wrap up. Yes. <laughs> well, this has been incredible. So much, so much value. And I'm 
very, very grateful to you for uh, spending the time doing this. And if one of our listeners is thinking to themselves, wow, I'd really love to connect with Sherry further, where should they look or where, where can they do that? Yeah. So the best place is really to go to my website, which I just want to say for right now um, is still needing to completely be rebranded. Um, I've done quite a bit in the past five years, obviously. And so it's still uh, old. But if you want to reach out to me, my social media it, links are on the website and that is sherryame.com. That's C-H-E-R-I-E. A-I-M-E-E.com. Uh, there's also a contact form. So if you want to send me a message and let me know you saw me on Zach's podcast, um, I would love to write you back and thank you for listening. And I would love to know, um, you know, what some of your top takeaways were. We shared a lot today, but uh, all good. And it's something that you can listen to over and over again. So um, I'm glad we were able to have this in-depth conversation. And Zach, thank you so much for allowing me so much time to, to dive deep with you. It's always so much fun to chat with you. Such a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks again for hanging out with us today. Uh, just wanted to give you a heads up that I have a couple really, really exciting episodes coming to the podcast. Um, one of which is an interview with the CEO of a robotics and artificial intelligence company who is ushering in spiritual awareness into this basically wave of the future. Uh, she's an absolutely incredible woman. She's been a client of mine for a while now, and she has been successful in multiple industries, whether it's fitness, business, or now robotics and AI. Uh, she just launched a podcast called Sound of Light, which is number 34 in the tech category and probably actually went higher, but anyway. In that interview, it's phenomenal. She talks about how she's used her intuition in business and how she's kind of taken her spiritual insights and turned them into practical application. So that episode's awesome. Another one we have coming is with Carl Bukite. He's the one of the founders of NLP Marin. And he talks about patterns, uh, the patterns that Sherry was talking about in this interview and that you hear me talking about all the time. Uh, Carbokite, he's someone that I studied, studied underneath and um, taught me a lot about how these patterns work and how we can kind of work through our own and um, basically unhinge ourselves from any limitations that we might might find. So got a couple other awesome episodes coming up. Wanted to give you a heads up. And uh, as always, you don't have to watch out when you look within. Thanks. Intro and outro music by The Passion Hi-Fi.